0: Looking at seven sins, seven deadly sins, which aren't so deadly if you are a Christian, which is the good news. Um, Can anyone remember who came up with the seven deadly sins? I did tell you last week, so this will be uh, marked against you if you can't remember. Gregory the Great. That's right. Gregory the Great. you must have loads of time in his hands. He, he looked through, read the whole Bible, and he put every, into, every, into, every sin into categories. And he came up with seven categories, and he called them the seven deadly sins. He also did the other side, so don't think it's all doom and gloom. He also went through the Bible and came up with seven heavenly virtues. So if you ever want to read them, we never talk about them. We just go down the gloom route. But there is seven heavens. Maybe that could be a new series. Um, uh, but there is seven good ones in there as well. But just quickly to go through to say, even though we're looking at these, there's Gregory the Great. Um, even though we're looking at these, there's things for us to remember because we all fall short. We all miss the, the, the standard, the glory of God. You know what I mean? We all come under. But it says these things. It says... Uh, uh, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels or demons, neither the present life or the future, any powers, heights, death, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that includes sin. Because he who had no sin became sin for us so that we become the righteousness of God. When God looks at us, he sees Christ within us. Nothing can separate you from God. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And he is just and faithful to forgive us our sins and purify us for all unrighteousness. We we face things that will hinder our Christian relationship, but they are not deadly to us. So um, be (laughs) <laughs> don't be worried about it. Now, there is some things in this life that I am worried about. I used to be the youngest. I was the youngest person who ever went to Bible college when I went when I was 16. I was the youngest uh, evangelist who worked for the Baptist Union when I was 18. But now I feel very, very old. Do you feel old? <laughs> some of you go, no, we're... I have to, My children make me old. When I start saying things and they go, Man, you're ancient. Things like, uh, Dad, when you were at uni, what was your computer like? you would like, <laughs> Computer? We don't have a computer. We had a filing system, which was terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, we had to write everything down and put them in files. And then you put them in the wall when it came to the exam time. You had to take them off the wall and find the notes and go, what does that say? Uh, It it was hard work, wasn't it? Computers. In fact, I did, did a decade of working in churches before computers ever even came about. I can remember in the 90s going to see a youth worker in Exeter as he went on and went, this is the internet. And we both looked at this machine and went, whoa, what does it does? It answers our questions. What question do you have? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and we had to stump our brains to think what question we would have to put to this internet. Who took about 20 minutes to come back and say, it's going to be cloudy for the rest of the afternoon. So, um, but... In my last church, that's how recent it was for me, I got my first computer. You want to look? Oh, because it was rather sexy, my computer. Look at that. (laughs) Doesn't that look old? (laughs) That was an iMac. It was a color one. I had the color grape because it was the coolest. And... um, it used to take forever to get onto the internet. It used to make funny noises when you connected, like... Beep, beep, <laughs> and eventually you would get a, a screen come up. It was... Um, well, it was the first step. Also at this time in my life, something entered in that was worse than sin. It was called email. Because <laughs> email only came into my life... As you say, about 25 years ago when I got this one. 23 years to be precise, actually. So, uh, yeah, so computers. But nowadays, everything changed. Because in 2007, a man called Steve Jobs came up with this thing. Anyone got one of these? Not just a mobile phone, this is a smartphone. For the dumb people in life. <laughs> but it's, it's true, isn't it? We, we invented the iPhone and suddenly the computer became a computer in our pocket. We could look up anything. We could still do emails. We could do everything. Everything the computer does, this little thing in my hand does. And the world changed. And everything you want to can be found in your phone. And you may think it's a good thing, and in many ways it is, but in many other ways it's a a dangerous thing. I mean, in life there's lots of things that are cool, but dangerous. And and they can be less dangerous if they're used in the right environment. Um, For instance, fireworks. I love fireworks. Don't you like fireworks? Fireworks in a car (coughs) doesn't work. Okay. Could you imagine driving down the motorway and... uh, I don't know, some rocket flying around the car. It would would be crazy. So some things are dangerous as well as as being cool. And and phones can be that. You see, even though we have access and even though most teenagers have them now, they can view anything that they want. And when you think that they don't, they do. It says that 73% of teenagers have seen online pornography. 73%. That's nearly three quarters of them. Of those who have seen it, 54% of them saw it before the age of 13. This is the world we're now living in. The information that we have is destroying, in some ways, our our culture. I don't know if you know, but anyone know what this figure is? Oh, we've got a maths geek in, haven't we? (laughs) Any guessing what that is? is, It's definitely wrong. (laughs) Very wrong. This is what's so wrong. This is what's so horrible, tragic about this. 85... Thousand women were raped last year. And that's not really the real figure, that's why there's a little arrow. Because they say that five out of six women don't report it. So the real figure is 510,000. 12,000 men were raped last year. And again, their figures are slightly different. That four out of five men don't report it. So their r- initial figure is 60,000. We're living in a world that's very dangerous. A world that seems to be going in the wrong direction. 30%. Of all, con- of all content on the internet is porn. 30%. I don't know about you, but I had this idea in my head which would have been brilliant for this morning. I thought I could turn up. I don't know if you, anyone remember Steve Chalk? Yeah. Oh, he was cool, wasn't he? and the late, in, oh, and no, in the late 80s, early 90s, he did this presentation that he took around the country. He had all these TV TVs stacked on top of each other and did this pre- presentation. And, um, and, and how he started was he did this time warp thing and he took us back to 1968 where he played this tune. And, and we can all remember it. It was Mary Hopkins. You remember that? Those were the days, my friend. And we all clapped and sang along. And then he skipped forward to 1988, where he showed a video of Madonna. And we were horrified to think how, uh, how the world had become so sexual. I thought then I could skip it forward to this year. But as you may notice, there is no video, for the reason being, I would get fired Mm -hmm. if I put some of the most dodgy videos, music videos up today, because, yeah, because they are so esplitic that that it is is dangerous. So what we're looking at today is, as you may guess, is lust, a strong sexual desire. And it's not just a problem that we, we face in our church. It's actually been a problem that's, it's always been there in some ways. In fact, the church in Corinth had a huge problem that Paul had to write to them. We're going to read that in a minute. But uh, in Corinth, where, where, where it was based, the city there was a city of about 100,000 people. And in the city, there was a, a big temple that was dedicated to uh, Aphrodite and uh, And in that temple, there was a thousand prostitutes. So whenever a man wanted to have sex, he would go and pray an offering and able to do whatever he wanted in the temple. That's the sort of city it was. So let's read what Paul writes to these people in Corinth. This is one Corinthians chapter six, and we're going to start at verse twelve. It says, I have the right to do anything you say. But not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and stomach for the food, and God will destroy, will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is is said that the two have become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality and all other sin. A person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So what we've been given is got a design and function. And if we start to misuse it, actually what we're doing is that we're destroying the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. There's, a, there's a, a battle almost going on. And, and, the, and the battle for me when it comes to lust is that battle between two things. It's a battle between love and lust. Love gives. It gives where lust takes. Love gives where lust takes. Love's about pleasing someone else where lust is about pleasing yourself. We're not called to be a people of lust. We're called to be a people of love because God is love. And we're told to be imitators of him. Uh, one of my colleagues, one of my friends, went to, uh, went to Spring Harvest. You ever been there? Oh, it was, it was one of these great nights. We uh, were watching this speaker, fantastic speaker. And um, this guy was really going for it. And, and 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 really had this word for for ministers who were there, and he said, "If, if God has spoken you tonight, then I want you to get up out of your seats and come to the front." And and he sat there, and his wife snudged him, going, "That that surely was a word for you." And he's like, "Yeah, you're right." And there's a lot going on. She goes, "You need to get up and go to the front." He went, "Yeah," but oh, and and, and the more they were sort of arguing back and forth, the longer it took. Well, the, the speaker at the front had moved on by the time he got to, the, to, the, to that point. And eventually when he decided, yeah, I'm going to stand up. And just as he stand up, and the minister said, if anyone's got a problem with lust, why don't you stand up and come to the front? And he said he just literally stood, turned round, and looked at all his congregation who was there and just waved and went to the front. But in reality, this is, is this an area where lots of people would struggle. It's an area you know, where I struggle in some ways. Where it's an area where I've got to watch what I see and what I do. <laughs> there's, there's been occasions where it's been difficult. I think one of the most difficult times for me ever was um, me and Rachel had my, my parents around. We were having a movie night. The kids had gone to bed. We sat down. We've got, we got a film, especially for my parents. You know what I mean? Sean Connery, You Can't Go Wrong. And uh, we put it on, and we sat there, and the opening scenes was for three minutes, a sex scene on the TV with your parents sat there. And I was like, come on, Sean, get and chase some cars, do some. (laughs) And these three minutes felt like three, and I was dying. And then I thought about it, I shouldn't even be watching this rubbish. So I, I went up. And I fast-forwarded it. My dad was like, Oi, I was watching that. I went, it's not good for you, and it's certainly not good for me. God wants us to to watch what we see. Because what we see sometimes can stick in your mind for a long time. I actually have trained myself. I came became a little bit of a ninja. You don't believe me? Honestly, it's true. Remember, remember when we used to have video stores? you remember them? Oh, that seemed... Now we're old, aren't we? Yeah? Anyone not remember that? Good. <laughs> we're all old together. Blockbusters was the most popular one. We were a member at that one. And we went to Blockbusters, and there was a new film out, and I couldn't find it. And so they always said, there's somewhere in the store is this film. And I went up to the counter and I went, look, I've looked. There's no video. And he went, there's definitely there. I went, look, I've looked. It's not, I'll have one more look and I'll be back. And I went, I had to look. The film I wanted wasn't there. So I went back and kicked off again. But there's no film. You said it would be in the store. It's not in the store. He went, come, let me find it for you. And he took me. And there he pointed to the top row. And there was the film. But you see, I had trained my eyes over the years never to look at that top row. Because in other video stores, not blockbusters, obviously, but in other video stores, that's where they put all the dodgy films so my eyes only went up to the second, to the top shelf, and I refused to look at the top. See, ninja tactics. Did feel a bit of an eejit when you went to do that in blockbusters because they didn't have any naughty films, apparently, but I didn't know that. Um, so three things I want you to take from this. Okay, Lust is something that, that can destroy us. It's, it, it's extremely addictive. It is easy to find stuff. So three things to take from today. Watch what you see. Guard your eyes. If you're tempted, then then some ways guard your heart. Get yourself um, someone that you can be accountable to, someone you can talk it through with. Don't get addicted. And we can see some of the well, that's not fair. I mean, the whole thing with Russell Brand is is a bit hard to report. But you can see that that man struggled with this sort of area. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't want to really comment on it. But, uh, but watch, you don't get addicted to this stuff, and live a life of love, not 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 of lust. How are we doing? I wanted to do two in one week. Is that okay? Can we move on? I want to talk about the other one because it's almost connected. Is um, oh this one envy? Anyone struggle with this one? Mm. You're there and your mate turns up with a brand new car and you're like, <sighs> you go, yeah, it's lovely, but why would you choose that colour? It says this in the Bible I am not saying this because I am in need or for I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether fed or hungry whether living in plenty or living in want I do the, I can do this through him who gives me strength be content, learn to be content, happy with what you got. Be pleased for others when God blesses them. Be trusting in God. I wanna, I wanna show you a video, okay? And this is how we can behave when it comes to God. Hey guys, I got you each a gift.
1: No way, Jesus! Why?
0: Awesome. Well, I just love you guys, so I wanted to get you something.
1: <laughs> so wow. nice,
0: Laura. You first. Oh,
1: this is so exciting! Oh, will you look at this—a little eight-ounce can of Coke. This is perfect for me. I looked
0: everywhere to find a gift for you, and this just seemed to fit. I love it. True? Yeah. Your turn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no way, Jesus! Seriously? Oh yeah. Twenty ounces of Coke? Yeah, baby. Woo! This is awesome. Oh, Jesus! Thank you so much, You're welcome. Laura. We gotta go show Richard our gifts. Come yeah. on. Okay. Hey, Laura.
1: Is there a problem? No. I mean, well, yeah, kind of, you know? It's just that every time you give people gifts, you always give everyone else more than you give me. What do you mean? I mean, like, I open my gift and, oh, cute, eight ounces, and then Drew opens his gift and, hello, 20 ounces. Oh, I know what you mean. Well, that gift is for Drew. Well, that's what I want. Uh, Go get it for me. Okay, if that's what you want. I got a liter! I know, it's one liter of God's sweet goodness. Jesus gave it to me. He did? Yes! Okay, you know what? You're going to meet somebody with a bigger bottle, and you are going to be so
0: mad. Laura, check it out! I got an upgrade, Coke 3.0. That is awesome! I know!
1: Well, isn't that just great? Yeah! Hey, Jesus, you rock! Yeah, what is wrong with you? Why are you holding back your best from me?
0: I gave you my best. Don't you see what's happening here? You're letting everyone else's gifts steal your joy. Uh,
1: No, Jesus, you are stealing my joy by giving everyone else more than you give me.
0: Laura, I picked this gift out for you. That's what I wanted you to see.
1: I don't care.
0: Until you can look past this, all you're going to see is a can of Coke. Is God good? He is, isn't He? And He's good to us. And sometimes we forget that goodness when we compare ourselves with other people. The secret that Paul found out was learn to be content with what you got. Did you hear the words that Paul said? I learned to be happy when I was hungry. When I was hungry. And if you take that passage and look a bit deeper, you'll find there was a point where Paul told the churches what he had gone through. I was whipped three times. I was beaten with rods. I was thrown in prison. I was stoned. I was shipwrecked. And you never hear him go, and God was horrible to me. That's never on his lips. He was content With whatever came his way, good or bad, he learned that everything was from God was good. But what about you? If you compare yourselves to one another, you miss that blessing. You miss it. All you see, you'll feel like God is having to go at you. God just wants us to learn to trust him. Will you trust him? Even when there's nothing to eat even when there's bills piling in are you contempt so here's the exercise I want you to go away with today can you say thank you every day for something that he's brought your way can you stop and say thank you God for this we had a prayer this morning before I left to come to church You see, uh, we've had a little bit of a disaster happen in the Thompson household. Uh, Our Luke's gone to university. He's gone back for a second year. Luke went back. He's got a house, beautiful house, sharing with five lads. But it's a little bit of distance from uni. But it's okay because he's taking his car. He's also got a job. Which is great news for me, thinking I don't have to pay him as much. He's got a job and he, he just started yesterday, which is really cool. He's doing coaching with things. He also's got like this intern thing that he's doing with a school teaching them fitness and, and things, which, which will hopefully set him up for next year. So he's really pleased about that. But unfortunately, yesterday he played football and broke his ankle. So he can't drive. And so now he's having to figure out what is going to happen from here. So Rachel's gone down today. She's going to drag him to church. But also this morning, as you see, as we were praying about it, we say thank you. Even when we're not sure what's going on, even though it's difficult, we know that God is up to something. And we want to be part of his plans. If that just means trusting him, then we're going to trust, even when it's difficult. What about you? Let us pray. Today, Father, some people here are struggling with lust. And, Father, they, um, they're in a trap and don't know how to get over. And, Father, I pray that you help them. pray that you give them strength. I pray that you protect their, their eyes and their heart. Give them wisdom, we pray. And Father, I pray that you help us, help us to rejoice when you bless other people. And Father, we thank you for what we have. We thank you for every good gift that you put our way, both good and bad. And help us to trust in you, no matter the circumstance, we will give thanks. So this coming week, Father, keep that in our minds and in our heart, we pray. In your name, amen.